<laughs> Anyways, I have this message I want to give you. Uh, you know, last week, I don't really usually promote my messages, but you should go and get the message I gave last week. It's, it's, the name of the message is, When Your Uzziah Dies. When Your Uzziah Dies. It comes from uh, Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. That was the whole whole gist of the thing is really, you know, there's a time in our life when there's a Uzziah that God wants to move out of the way. So, and He always does that, and there's a revelation of the Lord that comes. And that was a great message. I'm not talking about from the pers- preaching perspective. I'm just saying it's a message from the Lord. And I knew the Lord had another part to the message, but I couldn't really, I wasn't really getting it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can make up stuff. The Bible's full of good stories, so you can always pull something out of the Bible if you, if you know how to do that. But I was, so I, you know, Friday night I was, at, you know, just seeing, Lord, you know, how, what do you want to do? What's the next part of that message? Blah, 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 you know. And so I didn't really get anything, really, that I felt good about. And right before I went to bed, I said, Lord, I just need you to show me something. I need you to speak to me. And so I went to bed and went to sleep. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, I just woke up for no reason. Just, just woke up and I thought, man, I got to go, I got to go back to sleep. You know, and then I went back to sleep, and then at 3, I woke up again, just no reason, you know, nothing. So I thought, I've got to go back to sleep. And then at 4, I was laying there, and in my mind, I heard somebody say, Byron, you ever had that happen to you? And boy, when that happened, I was like, I was wide awake then. I mean, it like, uh, you know, my adrenaline was operating, so I wasn't going back to sleep. And I knew the Lord was speaking to me, waking me up. So I said, Lord, you know, what do you want? I mean, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. You're not letting me sleep. Do you have something to say to me? And uh, so I laid there for a while, and then I began to hear this message being preached. I wish I could preach it like I heard it. I'm not even going to try. I heard this message being preached in my mind, and it went through the whole message, and then it started over, went through the whole message, and it went through three times, and I concluded, that's the Lord. He's answering my prayer that I prayed early. By then, it was somewhere around 5 o'clock, so I got up cause I, and, write it, and started trying to write this message down that I was hearing from the Lord, okay? So I wouldn't forget it, because, you know, you do forget things if you go back to sleep. So I, was, uh, so I did that, and then I wound up coming up here to the church uh, to print it out, because my printer wasn't working, and I, that was around 7, and then somebody comes in at 7.30 in the morning on Saturday, and I didn't know who it was. I heard him unlock the door. I thought it was some devoted prayer warrior. I thought, oh, somebody's coming to pray. Isn't that awesome? Well, it wasn't somebody coming to pray, but it was somebody else. And this person struck up a conversation with me. And guess what they, want? they struck up the conversation with me about? It's about this. Okay? So I knew the Lord was just trying to reinforce to me, this is something He wants you to hear. And me. I've hear, heard it. So, uh, so the, the thing is, it's... Uh, it's going to Mount Moriah. Okay, that's what I want to talk to you about. And it's, and it's a place, it's, it's an appointment that God has for people. I believe a lot of people in this room that there's an appointment for you, that God's calling you up to Mount Moriah and He wants to meet you there. And there's some things that need to happen in your life. And, and if, if you're a believer, and if you've been a believer for any time at all in your life, and if you've really walked with God, so this is really one of the, the things that know if a person's really walking with God, okay, is they will go, you will go, you will find yourself from time to time in your life going to Mount Moriah. It's not a one-time event. In fact, we're saved at Mount Moriah uh, because that's where Christ was crucified. Mount Calvary and Mount Moriah are the same place. But uh, I want to read the Old Testament uh, story here, and I want to just share it. With, I'm just sharing what I was getting. I was getting all these scriptures and... You know, the Lord was giving it. I'm going to read it. Now, it came to pass after these things. This is Genesis 22. I'm going to read all 19 verses, but I'm not going to read them all at one time. It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. So that's really what's happening in a lot of people's life. There's a test going on right now in our lives. Many people are being tested in the body of Christ. In fact, I would say in the body of Christ in the United States, I've never seen it like this. I've never seen the degree of what God is doing. And so it's a time for us to really pay attention uh, for, for what, you know, man, we need that uh, understanding the times and knowing what to do, that sons of Issachar anointing. We need that more right now than ever to understand the times and know what the Lord is doing because if you don't, 
you can find yourself sort of at odds with what God's trying to do instead of flowing with God. So, but I believe the Lord's saying, uh, if you just ask Him, there's a wisdom available for your life. Uh, that's such a key right now. But this is wisdom from God, I really believe. And, and so the Lord said to him, God tells Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And then he said, take now your son, your only Isaac, whom you love, your only Isaac, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains in which I shall tell you. So that's the test. Is Isaac uh, is the thing. Isaac's the thing that you love. It says that your son, your only son, your Isaac, that you dearly love, the thing that's most important in your life, the thing that your life has been focused on, the thing that your life's been centered on, the thing that God has given you. Isaac was a son of promise. God gave Abraham Isaac after many years of waiting on that child. You know, he produced another thing called Ishmael, Another person, not a thing. Ishmael's a very person, and he happens to be a son of Abraham that God deeply loves and cares about, but he's sort of a rough character. As you well know, every Arab there is is a son of Abraham. They came through Abraham. They came through Hagar. So God loves them, and every uh, Jew is a son of Isaac. Uh, but we're part of the son of promise, uh, true being grafted into the vine. Uh, but here's the Lord telling Abraham, listen, this dream, this vision, this purpose, this thing that's in your heart, you've got to give it up. You've got to let it go. So that's what, what I want to talk to you about. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. <laughs> don't you glad, aren't you glad we use, don't use New King James or don't use King James versions? Y'all know what it says there? He saddled his ass. Uh-oh, he's saying bad words in the church. It's in the Bible. <laughs> I just was thinking about that just then. Well, anyway, he saddled his donkey and took... T- took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering, and rose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted, up his, eye, lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the, the donkey, the lad and I... And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Abraham was a southerner. The lad and I will go yonder. Do y'all know what yonder is? We're going over yonder. Well, see, he, it came out of the Bible. So he's, Abraham was not a northern boy. I mean, he didn't speak properly. Me and him, we're going, where's yonder? It's just over yonder. Yonder somewhere. So I love yonder. I love that Abraham was a yonder guy. So I might not be able to speak good or well, but he was using yonder, so I'm in good company. So they was going over yonder there in worship, and we will come back to you. So... Like I said, the Isaac is the most important thing in your life. It's the dream of God. It's the vision of heaven. It's the thing that God has given you that's precious to you. It counts more to you than anything else. And for everybody in this room, your Isaac may be a little different than the person next, next to you. Okay? I wanted to read this thing that O.S. Guinness wrote. He's a pretty, pretty powerful, spiritual, intellectual person. He said this, Our passion is to know that we are fulfilling the purpose for which we are on the earth. All other standards of success, wealth, power, position, knowledge, and even friendship grow tiny and hollow if we do not satisfy this deeper longing. Isn't that the truth? Deep in the heart of every person is a God-planned desire to live a life that makes a difference. Everybody's got that. Many spend their lives looking for the one thing to which they can give their all. That's the Isaac. The one thing that... This is my driving passion. This is my driving thing in life. Somehow we human beings are never happier than when we are expressing the deepest gifts that are truly, truly ours. So you see, that's the thing that we need. That's the thing that, that, that God was asking for. And in your Christian life, if you're going to walk with God, now this is important, because a lot of Christians, I don't think, really walk with God. That's what I've discovered about a lot of believers. They don't really walk with God. The Bible's a theory to them. All these kinds of things are theoretical things. They don't understand that in their life there's a walk that has to happen. And I mean, you know, it's great when you're talking with a person you realize this person's walking with God. They're going something. God is taking them somewhere. 
God may be taking that person to Mount Moriah at that moment. That's a walk, and that is not a good walk to make. It's not a pleasant walk when God tells you, listen, this very thing that I've given you, this dream of God, this passion in your heart, I want it. I want you to give it up. Now, that's a hard day. Those words sound very, uh, uh, you know, this, this, when the Lord was speaking to them, they don't sound powerful like they really are in our lives. These are very powerful words. A lot of people would try to get away from that. So we need to get over theory. We need to get... I mean, listen, the truth is I love theology. Theology is important, but I need an experience with God. I want to walk with God. I, want to, I don't want to know about somebody else's walk up to Moriah. I'm going to have to walk my own up there. I'm going to have to find God up there myself. I can't just let Abraham have it or, or a good friend of mine who's gone through this. You know, I need to do it myself. And see, that's where God's calling us. He's saying, listen, you, I'm looking for people who are willing to walk up that mountain with me. Okay, and that's where you and many of us are right now. He said, walk up there with me and find me up there and meet me up there. Are you good? So uh, this is interesting uh, right here in the Bible. This is really the first time the word worship is actually mentioned in the Bible, which is such an amazing thing to me that the, the context of worship, the first time the Bible talks about worship was in the context of letting go of something that's near and dear to your heart. And God, you know, it was not about singing and, or shouting or, or none of those things. All those, all those things are important to us and are in the Bible and other places. But the first time, it means the word, let me just tell you what, the, I can pronounce this Hebrew word. This is a good one. Shaha. Everybody say shaha. Sound like somebody speaking in tongues or somebody yelling in the meeting. Shaha. It means worship. It means to bow down and prostrate yourself. And that's what the Lord was calling True worship to me. That's what the Lord was calling Abraham. You need to bow down to me in this thing I'm asking in you and get before me and get low before me and let me have this thing that's most closest to your heart. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit more in just a second, but I want to want to hit on read just a little bit more. Then the angel of the Lord, verse 15. Is that right? Yeah. Then the angel of the Lord, you know, tells about some stuff. The angel of the Lord called... Uh, I'm not right. I'm sorry. Verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on... I told you somebody else gave me this message. I, wasn't, I mean, I'm just writing it down when I was getting it. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and two of them went together. But Isaac... Now think about this conversation here. This sounds such like, oh, a good conversation. Imagine if you're in that conversation with God. Okay? But Isaac spoke to, his, to Abraham his father and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Man, that'd be hard to answer that question. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. We know that's ultimately speaking of Christ. But there's lessons for us. So, he, so the two of them went together. You and, your, you and your Isaac going to meet God somewhere on a mountain. And you and your Isaac, knowing that when you got there, you, your Isaac was over with. Your Isaac was done. You know that's a heartbreaking day? How many people went down up that road already? Some of you have. I know you have. And I know it's a heartbreak when you know that's fixing to happen. I've had it happen to me. And it is a terrible moment in your life. Uh, and then they came to the place of which God had told him. You see, it's key Nobody can make that walk. See, it's interesting. He left his servants behind. It was just Isaac and Abraham. Just Isaac and Abraham. You see, nobody else can take that. They can't. Nobody else can walk up that mountain with you. At some point, you're going to walk it by yourself. You may have those people around you that love you, that encourage you, and believe in everything about you. But they're going to have to step back and get out of the way and be quiet and let you walk off with Isaac. And watch you either come down down that mountain with Isaac or, or maybe you don't come back down that mountain with Isaac, depending on you. Okay? Then they came to the place that God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac and his son, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And that's what God's calling some people to do this morning. It's your Isaac. He wants you to put it on the altar. And he bound, okay, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. That's tough, man. That's pretty gruesome, isn't it? Ooh. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. That's a good day. The angel called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. 
And I bet you Abraham was happy to hear that angel interrupt him. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hands on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear the Lord. You fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. See, that's really the essence of real worship right there. It's when God calls you to give up the thing that's most precious to you. You know, did I say there was no music? Because real worship really means giving up something that God asks you to give up. All the way to the most precious thing. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Good news. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Uh, the name of Moriah means, it comes from a Hebrew verb that means to see. To see. It means the revealing of one who is more than a provider. The revealing of one who is more than a provider. In other words, he is going to show you that he's, and this is interesting, he's more than able to provide for you everything, and even beyond that. Okay? It tells us that the Lord sees our future, knows our future, and has already made all provisions for us in our life as we walk into that future. If... There's an if. God has ifs on stuff. These things don't automatically happen. Okay? Um, here's, here's some things. First, I want to say this. I wish I could preach it like I was hearing it. I really can't. But if you... This is what Ken Helser said one time. He said, if you birth an Ishmael, you're going to spend the rest of your life taking care of that Ishmael. Paying for that Ishmael. Keeping that Ishmael alive. Anybody got any Ishmaels? Mm, everybody's had a few. And it's tough, man. But you had to get rid of that Ishmael sooner or later if you're not careful. But here's what can happen with your Isaac. Your Isaac, you can get into that same kind of rut with your Isaac if you don't go to Moriah. You'll spend the rest of your life trying to support something God's not support. Have you ever thought about this? Oh, my gosh. Have you ever thought... Have you ever had a calling? Have you ever had something from God and you, it just felt like it was killing you? It was beating you to death? Okay? Have anybody ever had that? And you feel like, I can't, this thing, I know God called me into this, but why in the world? Where are you, Lord? Where, I can't, don't even pay the bills. I'm having to support the stupid thing. Now, you either going to pay the bills or we're not doing it. Have you ever thought that way? Has that ever come to you? And it can be a real Isaac. I think when we get in our, what happens to us is we get in these jams of God. God calls us to sacrifice that thing, to give that thing up, even though it's precious and beautiful, but we won't do it. And he says, well, fine, well, then you take care of it then. And he steps back from us and watches us wear ourselves out, trying to make the call of God, the dream of God, come true in our life. And a lot of people fall out at that, at that point. A lot of people fall out of that. When really, you see, what they're doing, they're, they're, they're killing the Isaac themselves. They're squeezing the life out of it. It really happens many times. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Let me tell you this about Moriah. Moriah is a very strange place, okay? This is why it's strange. Because when you do truly go to Moriah and you lay that thing down and you give it to God and you turn around and walk away from it, if you really do that, guess what's going to happen? That thing you laid down is going to be walking right behind you, going with you. It, it really is true. Let me explain this great illustration I have about a red-headed worship leader. Y'all know about red-headed worship leaders? Let me tell you what this red-headed worship leader did a few years ago. This red-headed worship leader quit his job, got as much money. I, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to tell you how much money it was. It was a lot. You'd be feeling bad for this, that red-headed worship leader. Because he had a dream from God in his heart. A dream. And he took all that money, quit his job with his family of four at the time. He's picked up a couple more cents. And made this CD. Okay? Spent a lot of time, effort. Paid a lot of money for this CD. Big day came when the CD came out. Everybody was anticipating this awesome CD. It was terrible. It was 
It was terrible. If the Spirit of God was on it when they were doing it, somebody took the Spirit of God off of it when they put it on the CD. And his, this red-headed worship leader went to the bottom. Because this is a dream of his. This was something that was in his heart from God. It wasn't just somebody wanting to... It was a dream. It was an Isaac that crashed and burned in front of him. And I remember walking out there on the porch of the church one Sunday, and I looked at that boy, man, and I looked at him, and I saw darkness on him. And I said, Andy, you're at the crossroads. This thing can go either way for you now. Remember that, Andy? And... Later on that afternoon, I get this phone call from Andy Squires. He said, Byron, me and Andy, me and Amy prayed about this, and I believe I'm supposed to lay music down. I believe I'm going to quit leading worship. I'm just to lay it all, give it all to God. See what happened to Andy? He walked out. He was at a crossroads. He walked home, went home, and he went to Moriah. He went up there to the Lord, and he took this dream of his. He took this dream of music, this dream of worship, all this stuff, and he gave it to God and he walked off from it. And when he said that, I'm really good. I thought, man, that's, that's good. I knew that. I knew he had done that. I knew somehow. I don't know how I knew. Okay, but somehow God revealed to me that's what he did. And I said, oh, that's great, man. I'm in, I'm in, you know, yes. That's what you should do. But Andy, do you think you can keep playing the guitar and leading worship even though you've laid it down and keep it laid down? You think you can do that? And he said, he said, yeah. He, he said, I can do this without it owning me. And so that's how this Mariah thing will work in your life. If you will really lay it down when God calls you to give it up, when you, if you'll really give your Isaac to God, when you walk away from there, your Isaac's going with you. It's going to be yours. Okay, and you can have your Isaac, but if you don't lay it down, you are going to destroy your Isaac, and you're going to destroy yourself. You're going to wear yourself out trying to fulfill something that never can be fulfilled apart from the Lord Himself fulfilling it in you. That's the only way that's going to work. That's the way God designed it to work. And you'll go through your life as a Christian. If you really walk with God, He'll call you up there to Mariah on numerous occasions, on numerous occasions. Okay, it's not a one-time event in your life. Every dream, every vision, every true thing that God has for you, at some point He's going to say, "Come see me, come see me." I got. We need to meet. We need to talk about this dream I've given you, this revelation I've given, this thing I've given. We need to talk about it. I want it. I want you to give it up. I want you to let it go. That's a hard way to go. I recently had an experience with that. And I want to tell you about my little experience with it. I had this tremendous revelation in 2007 called The Father's House. It was one great revelation from the Lord. Okay? But in the past six months, something started happening to me. Well, this was a couple months. Well, six months from last year. And this is what I I found out about myself. I'm not serving the Lord with gladness about this no more. That I'm losing my joy and I'm losing my happiness, not only about that, but about a lot of things I'm serving the Lord. I'm just not happy, Lord. And one morning, I woke up. Something like God always getting me when I'm in my bed. You ever want to say, He'll always seem to get you when your defenses are down, you know, you're weak. One morning, I woke up and I sat in my bed, set up. And I usually don't just set up in my bed, I usually just sort of roll out of my bed. I sat up in my bed, I was sitting on my bed, and I heard the Lord say, Byron, you are not trusting me. And when he said that, I realized what he was talking about. I realized what he was saying is, you're not trusting me with this. I want this. And two hours I went through this thing with that, where I went to the Lord, you know what, Lord? If you don't care about that, I don't care about that. If you ain't going to do it, I'm not going to do it. I don't care. I can go up and tell the world. I know the Lord spoke to me. I can't tell you why I ain't doing it, but I'm done. I'm finished, Lord. I'm through it. And I won't admit I was happy. I was getting joyful there. So I don't have to do this no more. I don't, and I don't care what anybody thinks. It's yours, and I'm leaving it there. Goodbye. And I walked out of there in my heart. About an hour after I did that, I get this email from this person. I had a dream about you last night, and the Lord gave me this scripture. Blessed is, happy is the man who trusts the Lord. Happy is, and my joy came back to me in my life. Suddenly I was light and happy again. I was fine again. 
And then this, guess what happens? The Lord, somebody comes to me. I run into somebody in the parking lot one day, and they said, Hey, I can help you with this Father's house thing. I said, Really? I was fixing to say, We ain't doing it. <laughs> but I just kept, I'm asking, they said, I, If you'll let me, I will take this thing and help and, and do it the way God really wants to do it now instead of what you were thinking. Okay. I think that might be God. That thing just was following me. And that's another subject for another day. But do you see what I'm saying to you? See, I had to come. I had to let that go. And see, you had to get rid of the embarrassment. You had to get rid of what you think people are going to think. You had to be willing. Like, I, hey, I don't care if what they think. I don't care about any of this. All I know is if God ain't doing it, I'm not doing it. And that's what's going to happen in every one of your lives one day. God, your dream, your vision ain't going to work. He ain't going to help you. He's going to stand back and watch you beat your brains out and spend your money, spend your time, rep, fret over it and everything else. And what he's trying to tell you is, come to Mount Moriah, would you? And get rid of this thing. Come to Mount Moriah and die. Here's what happens to people. I'm telling you, this is what happens to people. I have seen people. I know this guy who loves to be in meetings where the Holy Spirit's really moving strong. Just loves it. And he was invited to go, and go to a meeting in Charlotte and minister but he spent three hours with the Lord getting rid of his Isaac called Calvary Community Church, which became River Life Fellowship Church. Then he went over to this meeting thinking everything was going to be okay. I was so tore up on the inside, I didn't care about the Holy Spirit moving. That's what can happen to a person. I watch, I, see, I've learned some things about when the Holy Spirit moves. Watching people, like, why ain't they engaging? Lots of times they're not engaging because their dream is killing them. Do y'all understand that? It's because their Isaac's killing them. It's because there's something's dying there. And see, we'll, we'll, that, that has more effect on us than anything. It affects your whole life because, as I read, it's the most important thing in your life. It's the thing that God's given you. Abraham and Sarah's life was centered around Isaac. They spent years believing God and praying for God to give them Isaac. They run Hagar out of town, put her out in the dang wilderness to die over Isaac. People will do some crazy stuff. I mean, God told them to, but, you know, come on, put her somewhere where there's some water where she can live. But, you know, God was in all that too. I'm just saying we'll go to great, great lengths to see our dreams and visions fulfilled in our life. Great lengths, great lengths, great lengths. And every true vision, every true call and every true purpose that you have that's from the Lord, there's coming the day where God's asking for it. There's coming a day when God's going to ask you for it. And that's when He's calling you to come to Mount Moriah and give it to Him and be willing to say, I'm going to walk away without it. Because that night when it was back about the church and I got in that meeting, the Lord was moving my friend, what in the world is wrong with you, Byron? You, you are so disconnected. You are so messed up. And you're supposed to do ministry here. It was because I didn't know. I thought my Isaac was gone. It was done. It was finished. My dreams that I had for years that I was finally starting to get into that was really about to kill me and destroy me. I had just, I was finished with them. It was crazy. I thought it was over with. I really did. I, think, I thought it was done. It's dead. It's gone. It's done. I need to go back and find me a, go back and undo the mess I've made with my life. That's what I thought. I've got to go back and see if I can recoup what I gave up for this thing. Because I gave up a lot to do it. I gave up a lot of myself to do it. I gave up a lot of money to do it. I gave up a lot of things to do it. And then I'm not going to get to do it. You ever felt that way? But I had to give it to him. And, but, you know, it was weird. I went home that night and I woke up the next morning and it was still there. And I thought, that's weird. I thought, I get, how did, you know, what am I supposed to do with this thing? I've got to get rid of How am I going to get out of this? But you see, if you really go there and if it's a real Isaac, it'll come back with you. If this happens to be, if you can't tell between Isaac and Ishmael, Ishmael will stay there. It won't come back with you. But Isaac will come back with you if in your heart you truly let go of it. If in your heart you truly give it up, it'll come with you. Because it's meant to be. Do y'all, are y'all, anybody tracking on this? Or am I the only maniac in here? Well, let me, this, there's good news on this deal. There's something good. Because he said, uh, 
Uh, I love that. I want to just mention that, this one thing here. Well, I haven't read this yet, have I? Sorry. Like I said, I'm not a great English speaker. Okay. Genesis 22:15 through 19. Don't worry about the speaking. Just get the message. That's all I care about. You know, I used to have this dream of being a, a, a preacher like Jack Deere. Have anybody ever heard Jack Deere preach? Like, oh, God, I, want to, I just got a beard to preach like him. And, well, that wasn't, no, that wasn't no Isaac. That was sort of an issue. That ain't going to happen. Then I concluded, you know, I'll never be like, I just need to get the message. Just, I, if I can just get a message and get it out there where people can get it somehow, that's good enough. And let Jack Deere, I'll just listen to him when I want to be like that. And let him be him, me be me. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time. That's what I love about all this. Second time. See, there's a second time. See, God's not finished. See, that's what we've got to get. When we go through this process, there's something else that God wants to say. There's something else God wants to do. You know, that thing that, that, you, that died to you. God's saying, I've got something else to say on this deal. I'm not finished talking about this thing. I've got some other... See, that's what happens with a lot of people. They don't hear that second time. They don't give God a chance because they get all messed up in their heart about it. I'm quitting. I'm done. Oh, it ain't working no more. It's just crazy how we do when God in heaven is saying, Wait! I didn't say I was through. You said you were through. But I have the last word on the matter. We need to give God a chance to have the last word in our life. You know, we really do. But the way you give Him a chance to have the last word is to do the things He tells you to do. Take it and let it go. And if He speaks, He speaks. If He didn't speak, well, you know, I guess it was an issue anyway. I'm happy to be done with it. I can go find my real Isaac. You know, but He'll speak. So He spoke a second time. That was a good word. And He said, by myself... Abraham, I didn't need you to do this, by the way. You get that? I I really didn't need you to do all this. I'm letting you do this because, you know what? I like people doing stuff with me. So I invite my family to get involved. But now he's saying, listen, by myself I've sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not have withheld, withheld your son, your only son, your Isaac, your only Isaac. Maybe that's what you're thinking this morning. I only got one Isaac. I got one little dream from God. That's all I got. That one thing. Lord, I can't, how can I give that back to you? That's all he had. That one little thing. That one little relationship. That one little ministry. That one little calling. That one little thing. Man, I'm telling you. This is the Lord for somebody in here. I know that. Uh... Blessing, I will bless you, and what? Multiplying. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. I mean, there's going to be some overcoming here. There's going to be some multiplication coming. See, we're all looking for multiplication, right? Now, this is what the Lord showed me. Let's just assume, for instance, you're a single person, okay? And your dream, the thing that's in your heart more than anything else, that you want that spouse. That's multiplication. One times two is two, right? That's double. Okay? That's a double. Or suppose you're a person who has an anointing and you would like it a bigger anointing. One times two is double anointing. Or suppose you have a ministry that you that has 50 people. 50 times two is 100 that's what God wants. That's, that's the minimal multiplication that God wants. That's minimal. That's the very lowest level of multiplication. Right? Times two. You know, everything one. Y'all know the multiplication table? One times one, you know. you know. But when you throw a two in there, suddenly double. A three, three times. Four, four times. That's really what the Lord wants to do. That's where He wants to bring people. But you can't get there unless you go through these other walks. You, you just don't. That's just the way it is. That's walking with God. That's why God's looking for people like, will somebody walk with me and quit that mess of quitting when you get messed up? Just walk it out with me. That's what He's looking for. He is so hungry for people to go with Him. And sometimes walking up the Mount Moriah is a bad day. Well, most of the time it is. Well, anyways... It says, so Abraham and all your nations, blah, blah, all this good stuff, and, you know, some good stuff. But then he, this, verse 19, this is the thing we miss. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together 
Where did they go? They went to Beersheba. Now, this is important. Okay? And Abraham lived in Beersheba. It says he dwelt there. Beersheba is a place. If you study Beersheba in the Bible, this is a major place of having encounters with the Lord in Beersheba. Beersheba is really a key, important place. And see, that's where God wants to bring us. He, we go through this, and what He wants to do is take us into this encounter with Him. I mean, real I mean, powerful encounters where God begins to reveal Himself. Let me just tell you some of the, uh, there's, there's like uh, three of them here that's really good. The first one I mentioned already was Hagar. Remember Hagar in Genesis 21? She was out there. She had her son out there, and she was dying. And she happened up in Beersheba and was sitting there and gave up and was weeping because they were thirsty, they were dying. And the Lord appeared to her there and spoke to her and suddenly there's water there that she couldn't see. God saved their lives. We should be happy about that, although when there's terrorist activity, we wonder, like, why did you save their life, Lord? I mean, come on. They're bombing us. But He saved their life because He wants to save them. But I think that was amazing. Another one was uh, Isaac. This is from Genesis 26. Isaac was in a mess. He got hooked up with all these guys. Uh, Abimelech was one of the main ones. And, you know, he was so scared of these guys that he was like, well, hey, you know, this woman is my sister. (laughs) That's what he told him, his wife. You can have her. Okay? And that was stupid, of course. But anyways... They found out and got all, you know, it was a big uproar and they were mad because they were scared the Lord was going to get them. So they wind up uh, going to Beersheba and they found a well there. They dug a well there. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and started talking to him. And Isaac said, I finally found peace. Finally found peace. See, that's what the Lord will do. And the last one was, was Jacob. Jacob, remember Jacob? He lost Joseph, thought Joseph was dead, and they found out Joseph was alive, and Benjamin was down there, and he thought Benjamin was going to die, and then they finally said, no, Joseph's there. You've got to come, Daddy. Come, come to Egypt. And he was in Beersheba, and the Lord spoke to him and said, Jacob, go to Egypt. Go to Egypt. Joseph's there. He'll take care of you. Your family will be taken care of. You'll die there. I'll get you out of there when the time comes. Everything's going to be okay. Go! That was a revelation. That was an encounter from the Lord. But it all happened because somebody went when God called them and gave their Isaac up. And your eye, when you do that, there's something there. There's, God's got something to say to you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to reveal Himself to you. Is this anybody getting this? It's called trust in the Lord. It's called trusting God with what you got. Really, if you want to get right down to it, Byron, you're not trusting me. Give this thing up. Because you ain't trusting. And if you really trust me, you'll give it to me. You'll let me have it. Even if I set fire to it and burn it to the ground, you can still trust me. I know what I'm doing. Y'all, y'all hearing that? Anyways, I wanted to tell you this one last thing. And then we're going to ask anybody in here who wants to Wants to take this little walk up there with the Lord. Yeah. I'll let you finish your story. But here's uh, something that happened. Uh, I wanted to tell y'all about this because it, it, it's tied into this, what I'm talking about. Last Sunday, if y'all was here, y'all know something happened. That was not normal. Don't you love not normal? I love not normal. No, actually, I hate not normal and I love not normal. It's saying, I love it when God shows up, but I don't love it when you don't know what to do. Because I want to be in control like everybody else. But it's always such a good, you know, what was that song, Hurt So Good? (laughs) That's the way it feels. It hurts so good. When God shows up and He takes everything away from you, you're like, I don't know what to do. And you just kept thinking, well, here's what the Lord started speaking. I said, what are you doing, Lord? Tell me, please tell me. I need to know. I want in on this. Let me just tell you how the Lord appeared to me up here doing worship last Sunday. The Lord's come and stood beside me. I saw Him. But he appeared like a little short Jewish man. You know, most Jews are short. Did y'all know that? A lot of them are. I've seen a couple of tall ones. In other words, right now, Dean's standing up. Y'all look at him. He's standing. <laughs> He's not sitting. He's standing. The guy behind him. <laughs> Diamonds are smaller than rocks. There you go. Well, the Lord came like a Jew. That's what he looked like. I thought there's this Jewish man. 
But he was little. He was right there on me. He was little. And this is what the Lord said to him. This is really what he said to me. You've made me too small in your mind. And then he said, Psalm 34, Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Magnify. Make big. See, God ain't, God ain't little. But when we hang on to our little things, we've made Him little. Because we're saying, we know better than God. God, you gave me this Isaac. Obviously, I know how to handle it. And he said, no, you don't. you got to let it go. And I feel like the Lord said, y'all made, I'm speaking for me and you. He's saying, we as a church have made the Father too small. And we need to magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. You know where that comes from? Psalm 34. You know what it says in Psalm 34, verse 8? Happy is the man who trusts the Lord. Happy is the man who trusts the Lord. It also says, This poor man cried out to the Lord. The Lord answered him and delivered him from all his fears. This poor man. But you've got to get poor. You know how you get poor? All the riches that God gives you. Go give them back to him. Well, you can have them. I don't want them. They're killing me. Please take them, Lord. You'll, you will come to that place one way or the other. Please take them. Yeah, Byron, uh, he... I wasn't in the first service preaching, but he asked me if he could share that story. Like, he, he thought I might be offended by it, but I love sharing that story. And I love, I love as many people to know about my failure as possible because really there's life attached to it. And uh, the CD itself wasn't the dream. The dream was really a ministry. And it was a ministry of life through music and anointing and all these things. And... Um, uh, the death of that thing really was the most excruciatingly painful thing that I've really ever encountered on a, on a personal level in terms of ministry and life calling stuff. Um, and I mean, the whole thing about me coming out to North Carolina in the first place was a following of my call. It was really a chasing after this destiny. So when that thing happened to me, it was more than just the CD not going. I, I mean, I, I really don't care about CDs. It was, it was the, it was, for me, it was the death of a ministry. I saw all my ministry dreams absolutely get flushed down the toilet. The, the interesting thing about this, this Mount Moriah concept is it, it's, it's, it's the death mountain. That's what it is. And in, in, in Christianity or in the American church, oftentimes we lose our theology of, about the importance of death in the Christian life. You know, Byron was talking about multiplication. Jesus said about multiplication that the only way a grain can produce and multiply is that it falls in the ground and dies. This is really God's way of doing things, okay? It's, it's a verse. It's the opposite way of the way of the world, that's why we fight so hard against it. That's why when we go through these things, we question the trustworthiness of, of Jesus' leadership. And I knew, I, I knew that crossroad moment that I was in because the bitterness of defeat is real. It, there was no way to whitewash this thing. It was like, man, this wasn't a personal, uh, personal failure for me. I mean, this was me in front of the whole church failing like this. And, but the implications of it, the thing that rose out of it was amazing because it broke me. It broke pride out of my life. It broke, it broke unreality off my life. Byron mentioned how, how the Lord is very interested in bringing reality because the only way that the life of God flows out of a person is when they have reality working in their life. God doesn't deal in illusions. He doesn't. He doesn't negotiate with liars. And, and I was a liar. I had all these lies working on the inside of me. And the Lord brought me to that place. Really, it was a severe judgment, but it was incredible mercy. Because here's what happened. Out of that defeat came an authority that I never had before. It was like, it was like I, I, I didn't have to stand up and say, Oh, everybody, I'm a worship leader. I'm a worship leader. I'm in the ministry. Listen to me how great I am. It was like I didn't have shoulders big enough to carry that title anymore. I didn't have a heart that could even, I didn't have the capacity to even want that thing. It just happened. Like 
out of the agony of the defeat comes the authority that the Lord actually can give a person that will actually bring life to the rest of the world. And all week long, the Lord has been taking me to Romans 8. And I just wanted to read this to you guys because, um, because this, is what, this is the revelation that Paul had working in his life. That the, the Father wants working in all of our lives. Because the Mount Moriah experience will be, it'll come at different seasons in your life. But Paul said this, see a lot of times when we go to Moriah, we say this, well, how can God love me if I'm going through this? How can, how can God love me if I'm not eating? How can God love me if I'm not, uh, you know, in, in the midst of my calling? But Paul said this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. I mean, this is the process, guys. But the beauty of it is, is that the Lord takes us into this glorious life that will actually bear fruit. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. This is the good part. Yet, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when Byron was talking about the Lord looking for somebody who's willing to walk with Him... That's, the, that's, that's where we go. We, we, we begin to walk with the Lord and nothing separates us from His love. All this stuff we go through and these Isaacs, they come into proper alignment. They get prioritized and we begin to trust God through everything. And, I, you know, I, honestly, I could give you so many testimonies about the, about the success that God has produced in my life, not out of any work of my own, but just by giving up, surrendering, yielding to His will, and then the life comes. It's pretty good, isn't it? So this morning, what we're going to do is for the people that God's speaking to, that's saying, if you feel like God's saying to you, I'm, I'm calling you to come to Mount Moriah, we want you to Come up here as an act of faith. And whatever that Isaac is, is for you to give it to God today. Okay? And you may need to go home and do some more thrashing with God. That's okay, but I want to bring you into something. Because I believe God will meet you. Because He's always met me. And Andy, He met Andy. We, we could line a bunch of people out here. But so if you feel that, I want you to come up. I want to pray over you. Just come up right this second. I invite you to really have a, a life-changing experience with the Lord. You know, the Bible really is true. Mount Moriah and Mount Calvary are really the same place. It's, it is a place of death and loss and it's also a place of life and freedom. That's the beginning of it. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. That's what the Lord wants to do is free us in our hearts, in our lives, and really wants to bring us into a place of great prosperity and great multiplication. And the very dreams you've had that the Lord's put in you, you'll never fulfill them. You'll never fulfill them. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's impossible to fulfill those dreams until you go to that place with Him. That's the only way those dreams can ever really come to pass in your life. It's when you let, when you let go of them. And when you give up that son, your only son, the only thing that you really love. That most important thing. So, Father, right now, I just want to pray over everybody in this room, that people who come up here and who are standing before you at their Mount Moriah, whatever it is in their life, the thing that's in their heart, the thing that they love, the thing that they care about, the thing, the dream, the vision, the thing that they know, Lord, You gave me this, Lord. Now You want it back. And Lord, I want to surrender it to You. I want to give it to You. As painful a moment as this is. But Lord, I want to be free. 
I want to be free to enjoy you. I want to be free to enjoy my Christian life. I want to serve the Lord with gladness. I don't want to be miserable no more. I don't want to be unhappy no more. I want, to, I want the joy of the Lord to come into my life again. I want that refreshment of heaven to come again. Lord, I want that. That's my desire. I want to walk out my life on this earth where my journey is a blessing. My journey is a blessing here. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So, Lord, just release that right now in Jesus' name. As we release, Lord, we release these Isaacs to you. Lord, if anybody happens to have an Ishmael they're getting rid of, you can have that. You can take that Ishmael also, Lord. Lord, you can, if, that, if, you, if you're up here for about an Ishmael, good. Leave that one. I believe the Lord will do something with your Isaac, though. You know, God wants to breathe life into Isaac that he has birthed. He wants to give Isaac a future. He wants to give Isaac a hope. He wants Isaac to prosper. He wants it, but you can't make it happen. Um, this is a scripture the Lord gave me about this subject many years ago. Uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh, Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have freed me from my chains. Amen. Precious. This is a precious moment. Precious moment. Lord, thank you for what you're doing, this precious moment for all these people up here. It's a precious moment, Lord. Lord, I believe we're going to see some, something really happen. Thank you, Lord. Andy, won't you sing a song over them? morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name, your name. A strong and mighty tower, your name is a shelter like no other, your name. Let the nation sing it louder, cause nothing has the power to save your name.